Hello? <laughs> I'm a little worn out. <laughs> I was known as the balloon lady last night. Oh, it's the balloon lady. Woo-hoo. With the big fish, yes. Actually, that fish was not heavy at all. It was like really light fluff. You know, but I told everybody it was a 25-pounder. <laughs> so I just want to thank all of you who helped out in any way, whether you donated candy, worked in a booth, helped set up, tear down, or attended and brought friends. I mean, just thank you so much. It was um, a big, very big success, and I think it was a record amount of people. It was crazy. <laughs> Oh, my goodness, we ran out of hot dogs, almost ran out of candy. That would have been, like, that. yeah, that would have been awful. So as it was, some of the workers got candy, so thank you. Thank you, thank you. So, Also, in a couple weeks, we're going to have a koinonia, and like we always do during the, um, during the fall season, we have a Thanksgiving koinonia. And so we will have the week of Thanksgiving off. So if you have your schedules, uh, notice that we don't have anything going that week because I I guess the school kids are also off that week. But I like to take it off just because it's such a crazy week, you know, preparing for everything, that it's notoriously poorly attended. So uh, we're going to do a koinonia the week before, and we go to each one of the homes of a leader or co-leader. So um, it should be fun. Forgot to mention that to you, leader. Sorry. <laughs> By the way, you got, you got 20 ladies showing up at your house. Um, so, yeah, mark your calendar. Don't miss it. They're always such a fun time. And uh, you'll discuss in your groups what you want to do. You know, sometimes we have a traditional Thanksgiving dinner. Sometimes we just have a brunch, whatever. I'm good with whatever your group wants to do. All right? I found this poem. I, I'm not really a, a poem kind of person, but this was so perfect for our study today. But it's called Faith Without Works. Believe and be saved, the minister said. Believe and be saved and rise from the dead. Through grace we are saved from sin and from hell. So simply believe and all will be well. The preacher continued and read from the book, Now all can reach heaven both angel and crook. (laughs) When all had been said, the church recessed with money collected, collected and everyone blessed. The preacher retired to his spacious new home in his humble Mercedes with everything chrome. He sat in his study, his thoughts running deep. He dozed for a moment and died in his sleep. He ran to St. Peter and wearing a grin said, I believe in the Savior, so please let me in. Oh, no, not another, said Peter with a sigh. Satan's sure been working, the toll's running high. The preacher looked puzzled, then saw in a flash the plan of salvation, beginning and last. Believing is nothing if nothing is done. In getting to heaven, you follow the Son. So follow a leader. You do what is said. Faith without works is nothing but dead. Satan knows Jesus, believes in him too. So what's the difference between Satan and you? Believe in the Savior, but always recall faith is important, but sure isn't all. That was by Wes Stephenson. Pretty good, huh? Really goes with what we're studying today. I hope you ladies did your your studies totally understand 
I mean, I was racing to get mine done this week because it was really crazy. But um, I don't even remember writing this on the top of my study. It's, but don't ask me where it came from. I could've, it could have been a quote. I have no idea. I don't even recall writing this. It's in my handwriting, so I know it must be mine. But um, I usually don't do this kind of thing. But <laughs> um, And I wrote, do we serve because we want to feel secure in our salvation or do we serve because of thankfulness in our salvation? Yeah. I think maybe it was just a God thing. You know, it's like, you know, have you ever seen people who they close their eyes and they just write? It's never happened to me before. So, you know, take it with a grain of salt. Who knows where it came from? Um, but we are studying Faith in Action, Lesson 3. And our scripture reference is James 2, 14 through 26. And it's talking about the different kinds of faith. And faith without works, faith with works, faith with works for the wrong motives, and everything. So before we get into God's word, let's pray. Heavenly Father, what an important subject that you have given us this week, Lord. Working out our faith. And work not because we want to be saved, Lord, but working because we love you. And so, Father, we just ask that you speak to us now, each one of us, as we ponder these truths, Lord. Help us to put aside the the cares of the day, the sugar rush kids, and and everything that's been going on, and be able to focus on you this morning. So we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So, verse 14, what does it profit, my brethren, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can faith save him? If a brother or sister is naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you says to them, Depart in peace, be warmed and filled, but you do not give them the things which are needed for the body, what does it profit? Thus, also, faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. Oh, my goodness. Pretty deep truths here. But we're going to look at three different kinds of faith. There's the dead faith. There's the demonic faith, and then there's actually the saving or dynamic faith. And interwoven in this chapter is talking about all three of these faiths and the difference between them. First, we're going to look at dead faith. It's a counterfeit faith. It makes the person think that he has eternal life when, in fact, it's just going through the motions. Uh, You see this oftentimes in cults where they uh, feel like they have to work for their salvation. Um, One that comes to mind is Jehovah Witnesses. They truly believe they have to work in order to be saved. If they don't go to your doors, they feel like they may lose their salvation. That's really kind of tragic. Um, Islam is another one that's very strong. You work and work and work, and you don't know until you get there whether or not you've actually made it to heaven. I mean, can you imagine living that way? It would be awful because it would put such a fear knowing there is a hell, but at the same time not knowing if you've made it or if you've done enough works in order to... Yeah, it's really tragic, and my heart goes out to these people because um, they, you know, in cases of Christians, I've heard, I've actually been with people who spoke Christianese. I tell you, they were the best. We, We call it Christianese. That means, oh, praise God, brother. You know, praise God, sister. And, you know, they have no idea what they're saying. They're just going through the motions. And they think by going through the motions that, you know, maybe somehow they can um, either fool themselves or fool others into thinking that they have a true relationship with the Lord. Um, So it's more of an act. You know, sometimes I've even seen them 
teach Bible studies. That's actually, you know, that's possible. You can read enough commentaries, read what other people have read or written, and, and you can apply it, you can teach it, but it's like going to a college and taking a course. I mean, you've heard of ministers that will go to seminary. They'll be preachers for 10 years and come to the conclusion that they were never saved. Isn't that amazing? But they had gone to seminary. They're trying to work. Instead of just putting their faith in Jesus, they're trying to work it out. And you know why they did? It's easier that way. Think about it. It's easier to work for it and feel like you deserve it than just say, okay, I'm just going to have to trust Jesus. It is harder. So um, anyway, oftentimes these guys can be wolves in sheep's clothing too. And as soon as they're called on it, let's just say our, our Bible study leader who um, begins to show a few quirks and flaws and people think, well, maybe he shouldn't be teaching a Bible study. So you set him down. Well, they get mad. They fall away. Their whole family leaves. So that kind of tells you where their heart truly was at. You know, they weren't doing it because they felt like the Lord was leading them to to lead a Bible study. They did it because they wanted the the recognition. Oftentimes that's what it is. Or feel like they um, were earning their faith or earning their salvation. And it's truly just an intellectual experience. It doesn't have anything to do with a spiritual experience. Uh, There's a story that is told that the devil had a meeting with his demons to decide how to persuade men that God was non-existent. Since they themselves believed in his existence, they wondered just how to do it. One demon suggested that they tell people Jesus Christ never really existed and that men should not believe in such fiction. Another demon suggested that they persuade men that death ends all and there is no need to worry about life after death. Finally, the most intelligent demon suggested that they tell everyone that there is a God and that there is Jesus Christ and that believing in him saves. But all you have to do is is profess, profess faith in Christ and then you can go on living in sin as you used to. They decided to use this tactic. And it was the tactic that the devil has used ever since. Isn't that true? If you can convince people that all they have to do is profess Jesus Christ and then they can go on living like they were, it's not true faith, is it? I mean, if you truly know Jesus, your life is changed. And we'll get into that a little bit more. But um, continuing on in our scripture, it says, But someone will say, You have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without your works, and I will show you my faith by my works. You believe that there is one God. You do well. Even the demons believed and tremble. So this is our demonic faith. Satanists, occult people, they all believe in Jesus Christ. They know he's real. They just choose to follow Satan instead. Very tragic also. But they do believe in the existence of God. And they're not atheists. They're not agnostics. And they even believe that Jesus was the son of God. But they choose to serve a different master. Um, But whenever the demons meet Jesus, a lot of things happen. They were scared. Um, in our Bible study, we looked at the story of Jesus when he met the two men possessed by demons. If you want to turn there, it's in Matthew 8, beginning in verse 28. It says, And when they had come to the other side, to the country of the, I always annihilate words like this, Gergesenes. Okay, it, it looks good anyway. There met, <laughs> there met him two demon-possessed men. 
coming out of the tombs exceedingly fierce so that no one could pass that way. And suddenly they cried out saying, What have we to do with you, Jesus, you son of God? Have you come here to torment us before our time? Isn't it interesting? They know that he's going to torment them. They, it's, it's a given. But they just want to take as many people as they can to hell with them. It says, Now a good way off from there, there was a herd of many swine feeding. So the demons begged him, saying, If you cast us out, permit us to go away into the herd of swine. And he said to them, Go. So he commands them. He does have control over them. He says, Go. So when they had come out, they went into the herd of swine, and suddenly the whole herd of swine ran violently down the steep place into the sea and perished in the water. Really dumb pigs, huh? Um, <laughs> demons definitely believe in Jesus, and they tremble. They believe in the existence, and they believe in judgment. They know they're going to hell. Satan knows he's going to hell. That's what, probably what makes him so angry and why he wants to take so many with him. He just wants, he does it in spite of, I said I think it is, is he just does it just despite Jesus, just to say, I'm going to take some of your children with me. So, um, anyway, the demons sub- submit to the power of Jesus. They believe and they tremble. So, their faith is both intellectual and emotional. So, they believe, but of course, they're not saved. Then, continuing on in our scripture, it says, but... Do you want to know, O foolish man, that faith without works is dead? Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered Isaac his son on the altar? You remember that story? He was ready to take his son because he figured that's what Jesus wanted. uh, or That's what God wanted. But, of course, God at the end stayed his hand and he did not uh, sacrifice his son. But, boy, that took a lot of faith. I couldn't do that. Put one of my kids on an altar? No, I wouldn't even dream of it. Are you kidding? I've been a mess just because my kid broke his leg. You know? <laughs> but sacrifice him. Stick a, a knife in his heart. No, that took a lot of faith to know that, that uh, God would save him. And there's an interesting point here. Abraham knew through faith because God told him. God's word is what our faith, our faith should be based on. God had told him that his descendants would be as the grains of sand. Right? So he knew. He goes, okay, Lord, I'm supposed to kill Isaac, but you also told me that through Isaac we're going to have many descendants. So he t- that's where his faith came from. He believed God's word. God told him. He believed it. That is what our faith should always be based on, not faith in faith. Have you ever seen that? You know what I mean by faith in faith? It's like, um, oh, I just believe that you know God's going to heal my son. And that when he goes to have surgery on Friday, that, you know, they'll the look at the, the x-rays. And, oh, my goodness, it's healed. We don't have to do surgery. I have faith that that's going to happen. That's not real faith, is it? That's not what God's word says. God said that he, all things will work together for good for those who love Christ. So I know everything's going to work okay. It might not be the way I want it, but it's going to be the way God wants it. That's where my faith should come from. Not that, you know, everything's going to be okay. It may not be okay. We don't know that. Having true faith is knowing that God will take care of anything that comes and that he loves, you know, loves all of us and has a future and a hope for, both, for all of us. So anyway, continuing on with Abraham. Do you see that faith was working together with his works and by works was made perfect? And the scripture was fulfilled, which says, Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness. 
And he was called a friend of God. I love that question in our study. A friend of God. I want to be a friend. Can I be your friend? You know what? And he says yes to all of us. You know, it's not like Facebook, you know, where you can go, no, I don't think so. I don't want to be your friend. You know, he won't do that. You know, <laughs> he won't do that. Do you, you see then that a man is justified by works and not by faith only? Likewise, was not Rahab the harlot? I'd hate to be known as Rahab the harlot for all eternity. I think, though, when we're all in heaven, we won't know her as Rahab the harlot. I think it's just going to be Rahab, friend of God. So, you know, that's the cool thing about it. But you remember the story where, where she helped out the Israelites? And because she did, her family was saved when the Israelites attacked the walls. So pretty cool stuff there. He says, Rahab the harlot also justified by works when she received the messengers and sent them out another way. In other words, she rescued them. For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. So here we're talking about saving faith. It's faith in action. Um, It's a dynamic faith. And um, the dictionary calls dynamic faith active, forceful, energetic, capable of giving a sense of power. That's what our faith should be. Um, This faith is real. Uh, This faith has power. Uh, The faith that results in a changed life. That's very important. If you don't have a changed life, um, if you have professed that Jesus Christ is Lord and your life has not changed, then you have not professed that Jesus Christ is Lord. You have to do more than just saying the words. It has to be a changed heart. And that's where a lot of people say, hey, man, if you just profess Jesus, you know, you're saved. Okay, I'll do that. And you got your fire insurance and you're good to go. You know, you can go on living your life like he isn't real. But he has to be Lord of our life. If he is Lord of our lives, then our lives will change. We will want to know him more. We want to become more like him. And... um, and again, we're not saved by faith in faith, but faith in Jesus Christ. And that's important um, to understand. Then, um, you know, we have the other cults, again, that, like, unfortunately, Catholicism, they oftentimes will tr- teach that, that you just profess Jesus Christ. But if you do all the doctrines of the church, you can be saved. That's very tragic, because that's not true. You know, it's through Jesus Christ alone. doesn't matter how many Hail Marys you say or how much penance you pay. It doesn't matter. It has to be based on faith in Jesus Christ and him becoming Lord of your life. So demonic faith is, I mean, excuse me, dynamic faith is based on, really, that's a big oops. Okay, dynamic faith is based, or saving faith, is based on the Word of God. Like I said before, you have to know what the Word of God says and then you can have faith in that. I know that all things will work together for good because I love Jesus and I am called according to his purpose. So whatever happens, I know it doesn't matter how bad it gets, I know my Lord because and I have faith in what he can do through me, to me, and I trust him implicitly. I mean, what else can you do? So um, it also involves the will when you have saving faith. Uh, The mind understands the truth and you know what you believe. You know what you believe, and the heart desires the truth, and you want Jesus. And um, these acts, and then we act upon the truth, and that's when you make that public confession. You know, you go forward in a church. 
that takes a lot of guts. You have to really believe it. But then again, just walking forward at a harvest crusade doesn't mean that you're saved. Even though you might profess him before men, if it hasn't changed your heart, if you're just going through the motion, so you get, again, that fire insurance, it still isn't real. It's got to be a change of heart. You have to truly believe that Jesus has saved you and that you want him to be Lord of your life. Um, So you can't help but have works if you're genuinely saved. It is a natural outpouring. That's important to believe. You don't strive. And I'm always kind of... I've run into many, many people who um, will volunteer in the church only because they want to kind of live bad the rest of the days of the week. (laughs) It it did. Trust me, it happens. And so they volunteer. Okay, I really blew it this week, so i got to volunteer for Sunday school. i got to work in the nursery. You know, it's like they want to pay penance or something for... for, No, please don't do that. That's That's not having true faith in your salvation. That's trying to work. And that is a common problem in the, in the church. But um, it does. When you have true faith, it just leads to action. You want to do something. You want to please your Lord. You want to do something for him. You know, uh, you want to work in a booth at Liar World Festival even though your feet are aching. And, you know, you're exhausted. I mean... You just, because you want to please him, it's like, Lord, look what I'm doing for you. This is so fun. Thank you so much for letting me do this. That's what the attitude should be. Not, oh, gosh, in order to be saved, I'm going to have to go work in the booth and, you know. Well, see, what happens, yeah, it doesn't. But see, what happens then, you're not enjoying ministering to the kids. That's what happens when your attitude is wrong in any aspect of ministry. It doesn't matter what you do. Even if it's, um, you know, working in the nursery or preparing meals or making coffee, if you're doing it grudgingly, then please don't do it because you have the right. Yeah, absolutely. It shows. You know, why do you have such a sour look on your face? Are you sick or something? Are you all right? (laughs) You know, (laughs) it does happen. And so please have the right attitude. Your work should bring you joy, not stress and heartache and anger. And, you know, it should be stress-free. I mean, I'm not saying you're not going to be stretched. You know, there are times when, you know, uh, there are things where I said, Lord, just get me through this day. This is exhausting. You know, but do I, am I always blessed? Yes. Always blessed. And when I stop being blessed, that's when I know that I need to do a heart check, that I'm doing something I'm not supposed to be doing. And that's hard for me because, you know, I'm like the ADD poster child here. So it's like, you know, so, you know, I do everything because I'm just busy, busy, busy. And so, um, I have to really watch myself because I'll do too much and then I'm doing it with the wrong heart. And it comes out because I'm grumpy. Believe it or not. I, I do get grumpy. Yes, I do. I'm, like I, uh, I was telling somebody at the retreat, I, I grumble. But nobody knows I'm grumbling. It's, it's all internal. I'm grumbling in my heart. You know, grr, you know, oh, Lord, these people you gave me. You know, <laughs> You know, yeah, yeah. But, you know, I'm just being honest here. We all have those thoughts. And so it's just the Lord's going, okay, bad attitude time, you know. And it's like, knock, knock, knock. You know, you need to you need to calm down. You need to sit at my feet a little more because your attitude's getting bad. And I go, you're right, Lord. I'm sorry. So, you know, it's 
you just have to be careful that your service is for the Lord and for him only. And you know what happens? When you're doing things outside his will, it's, it's a flesh thing. It's because it really is. It is. You're doing it for all the right, wrong motivations. So just have that heart check. You know. You know in your own heart if you're doing it for the wrong reasons. So just be aware of that. Um, but, uh, it's, you know, when you have that real saving faith, it will have an impact on your life. And one of my favorite stories, and I heard this message from Brian Broderson, and it was like 25 years ago. Jeff and I had just come back to the Lord after a lot of bad junk that had gone on. I mean, we had fallen away. It was a mess. I mean, it was like really ugly mess. And so um, I remember listening to this message, and Brian taught about uh, the story where the Israelites were grumbling and complaining. I mean, because here they're wandering in the desert. They'd been rescued from the Egyptians. They'd seen God do all these amazing miracles, parting of the Red Sea, manna coming from heaven, quails blowing in the camp. I mean, and still they grumble. So God said, okay, I'll give you something to grumble about. And he sent fiery serpents. And oh, I know it's like, and they were everywhere, and they were biting the people, and everybody that was bit was dying, and they were all sick. And so Moses says, "Lord, of course, this is the Reader's Digest version here." Um, he says, "You know, Lord, what do I do? The people are dying. They're and he was crying out to God. And so, because God loved Moses, and he goes, "Okay, you know, yeah, there are a bunch of turkeys, but I'll help them out." So what he does. What he does is he, they have them make a bronze serpent, stick him on a pole, and put him on a hill in the camp. And he says, all they have to do is look at the snake on the pole, and they'll be saved. Isn't that an amazing story? That's all. And they would have to have faith that when they looked at the pole, they would be saved. And you can imagine a lot of people are going, are you kidding me? I have to crawl out of bed. I'm so sick that I have to look at a pole and I'm going to feel all better. Right. That took faith, didn't it? But that's what God said to do. And just as a little trivia here, you know that's how the, if you ever looked at the, the emblem for doctors, you ever looked at it? It is a serpent on a pole. Pretty cool, isn't it? Yeah. So, you know, I thought that was a pretty neat thing. But anyway, um, some people looked, some didn't. So this, you know, if you, don't, if you don't believe God at his word and that all you had to do is look at this pole, you would die. Um, and if they believed that there was a bronze serpent out there but didn't have enough faith to walk out there, crawl out of their tent, whatever, and look at the bronze serpent, they would die. They, each person had to look at the pole. And I thought that was kind of a weird commandment, isn't it? But that's what God said to do, because you have to have faith that what he said, all you have to do is look at the pole, and you'll be saved. Of course, it was a type of Christ. So um, there's a, uh, a verse. We all know John 3.16. But right before that, if you want to look at it, it's got some fascinating verses, beginning on John 3.14. And it pertains to this story of the bronze serpent. He says, And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. Isn't that amazing? So that's what that story was all about. Just as 
We have the bronze serpent that if you looked at the serpent on the pole, you, you lived. That's all you had to do. So here we have to look at Jesus. We have to look to Jesus to be saved. And we have to proclaim him as Lord. So the important thing is that God used that example in Exodus, from Exodus in John. And that means that there is more to just believing it. It is actually putting your faith into practice. It is having those works. So the important thing, though, is to examine your own heart and, you know, just do those heart checks. What are you doing this for? Do you truly believe? That is really the question here. Do you truly believe it? That way you can have that saving faith. Um, and, you know, I love what uh, David said in Psalms 139:23. He says, Search me, O Lord, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts and see if there is any wicked way in me and lead me into the way everlasting. So if you're not sure, stand upon this promise that, we, that God will reveal it to your heart. If you truly want to know exactly what's in your heart or even if you're truly saved, check your heart. Check your heart. There should be a changed life. There should be a changed heart. And so um, just to recap, we were looking at three different kinds of faith, dead faith, um, that really isn't faith in all, at all. You just kind of play Christian. Uh, could be, you know, kids a lot of times. We see this with uh, kids of Christian parents. You know, it's a concern of Jeff and I's because Brandon and Austin, I mean, they've been in the church ever since they were born. You know, they've never known anything but Christianity. So, you know what? That's an easy trap for some kids to fall into. They just think that, of course I'm a Christian. My parents were Christians. No, it doesn't work that way. You have to own it yourself. And so um, kind of a scary thing for parents because we really don't know if they're just going through the motions because they've seen us live our lives at home. But, you know, there are promises, you know, that if we raise a child in the way they should go, they won't depart from it. So, you know, but you don't know if they truly own their own faith and if this is something that's to come or if they truly believe like you do. So... And then we looked at uh, demonic faith. Of course, evil knows God. Um, Satanists know God and his son, and they're just against him. And then we have our real faith. It's based on the word of God, and it produces a changed life. Uh, Hebrews 11.1 1 says, Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. See, true biblical faith is not an emotional kind of wishful thinking. It's an inner conviction based on the word of God. That's very important to remember. And the word substance means assurance, and evidence means proof. It's a, it, it's, a, it's a reasonable faith. It's not faith in nothing. It's just not faith in error. It's knowing God at his word. So when the Holy Spirit gives us faith through the, his word, the very presence of that faith is in our hearts. And um, the assurance and evidence there will be, will be there. Uh, Dr. Oswald Chambers says, Faith enables the believing soul to treat the future as present and the invisible as seen. Through faith, we can see what others cannot see. When there is true faith in the heart, God bears witness to that heart by his spirit. Without faith, our lives will be difficult and we'll be like swimming upstream all the time. It just won't. Remember what Jesus said? You know, he says, if you believe in me, he says, my, my burden is light. It's not heavy. 
It shouldn't be stressful for you to follow me. It be, should be something that you enjoy because you're having a relationship with the living God. I'll close with Romans 5.1. It says, Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God. Isn't that nice? Peace with God. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And not only that, but we also glory in tribulations. Knowing that tribulation produces perseverance. I know you don't like to hear this, but this is, yeah, perseverance, character, and character brings hope. And hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who is given to us. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, help us to truly grasp what it's like to have a saving faith, Lord, and to put our works into action. Lord, it doesn't matter what we do as long as it's for you, Lord. Whether it's working in the nursery or being a world-renowned evangelist, Lord, uh, it's all just wonderful works that we want to do because we love you. Not because we have to, but because we love you, Lord. And we have that faith that that wants to have the works to follow it up. So we just thank you for your word, Lord. We thank you that you have given it to us and that we can depend on you and your word and to strengthen our faith, Lord. We ask for more faith. We ask that you um, just do your work in us, Lord. Help us to be those wonderful daughters that you would want us to be, Lord. So we give you the rest of this day, Lord. We ask that you bless it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you.